Scorpio still as it talks about these, these facts about, about who God is and creation and the universe and stars and the planets and all these different things. And he says in there, that's why I didn't ask you to raise your hand, you might be here and say, hey, well, you're, I'm in church, but I don't really believe in God. Well, I'm going to quote God, but don't get mad at me. If you don't believe in God, you're a fool. Don't beat me up after church. Don't get mad at me. Don't hate on me. But that's what the Bible says. He says, only a fool says in their heart, there is no God. So don't take it up with me. God's big, powerful, mighty, and amazing. Take it up with him. If you think you can beat him up, then go after him. Amen? But then you'd be beating up someone you don't believe in anyways. Right? How many believe now that I ask you, how many believe there's a God? Amen? Do you believe there's a God? Now, it's a funny trick question because if you wouldn't raise your hand, you'd look like a fool. That was smart of you to raise your hand. Amen. <laughs> but I want to give you some things this morning uh, to, to think about. I preached this message several years ago, and I'm going to preach it again this morning. I'm going to get the title in a second. But I want to um, read a few things from scientists. And I, I think that a lot of times we, we uh, and, I, and I like to talk about this because a lot of times we think that we're just dumb, uh, dumb sheep that believe in God. Um, we don't have any proof. Uh, we just, just we just believe in this 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 thing out there, and we've never seen him, and 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 obviously we know that faith is the evidence of things not seen. That's what the Bible says. But there's so many things that God's word shows us, and I want to give you some quotes, if you would. How many have ever heard of the name Galileo? Scientist Galileo. How about Isaac Newton? Those are some of the greatest minds. Any of you who went to college or? or it didn't have to go to college to hear those names, some of the greatest minds of all time believed in God and believed in creation. Not just in God, but in creation. We know there's a, a thought out there and a, and a teaching today in, in colleges of evolution, and uh, there was just this big bang, and then everything happened. And I'm going to tell you this morning, if you'll just stick with me for a few minutes, I promise you, you'll get something out of this. By the time this service is over, you will realize it was not just an accident. And if it was a big bang, I don't even argue with the big bang part. Because there was a big bang when God said, let there be light. And boom, there was light. So there was a big bang. It just wasn't the big bang that they're talking about. It was called creation by an, by an infinite God. And a masterpiece, masterpiece God, amen? He's a masterpiece maker. Look at someone next to you and say, I'm a masterpiece this morning. Amen? I'm a masterpiece. I'm don't, that's not to say proud. You are. You, if you don't believe you're a masterpiece, you're taking away from who God is. God made you a masterpiece. Here is what Galileo said in the 1500s. He said, the Bible, listen, I'm quoting these men who are world-renowned scientists of our time and of all time. He says, the Bible cannot err, E-R-R. -R. No error is in the Bible. And he's the one who discovered the solar system. Rene Descartes, as I say these, many of you, especially recently who've been to school, recognize these names. He was the father of modern philosophy. And he had the famous saying, I think, therefore I am. Had, he had a, a deep faith and said that God was central to his philosophy. Robert Boyle in the 1700s made Boyle's Law for gases and chemistry, wrote many sermons for proving the Christian belief against infidels, even gave financial donations to translate, listen, and publish the New Testament and wrote against atheism. Michael Faraday was considered one of the greatest scientists of the 19th century. His work on electricity and magnetism not only revolutionized physics, but much, much of what dis was discovered led to what we use today in computers, telephones, and websites. He was a devout member of his church. 18, listen to this, 18 of the most influential scientists of the last one thousand years were devout believers in Jesus Christ. Eighteen of them. Not one or two, but eighteen. So you have to ask yourself and think, you know, does, does God exist? Is, is, how many know if, if there's an evil, how many have seen evil this week, this month, this year? If there's an evil, there has to be a good. 
If there's darkness, there has to be light. Amen? If there's sickness, there has to be a cure. Everything has an opposite, and you can't have one without the other. You can't have bad without good. You can't have Satan or evil without God and good. And so we have to understand that there is an intelligent design this morning. And I want to quote Isaac Newton. He says, I studied the Bible daily and believe God created everything. Believe the Bible was true in every aspect. And throughout his life, he continually tested biblical truth against the physical truths of experiment. Isn't that amazing? And, and, and theoretical science never, and, and his theoretical science never observed, listen, never observed a contradiction according to his many biographies. He discovered calculus. How many are mad that he discovered calculus? <laughs> I was not good at math. He discovered the laws of gravity. He discovered the first reflecting telescope. In using a prism, prism, not a prism, sorry, prism, Newton demonstrated that a beam of light contained all the colors of the rainbow. He wrote this, the most, th this most beautiful system of the sun, planets, comets, could only proceed from the counsel, listen carefully, from the counsel of an intelligent being. All variety of created objects, which represent order and life in the universe, could only happen by the willful reasoning of its original creator, listen to this, who, call, who I call the Lord God. And he called atheism senseless. Father, I thank you for your word this morning that we're going to get into for the next few minutes. I pray that you would touch the heart, the mind, and the spirit of every person that's here. Lord, this is a moment we'll never get back again. We'll never have June 25th of 2017 again. We'll never be in this place at this time again. And today we're taking advantage of being together to hear your word. We ask you to anoint it this morning that your words would come through my mouth and touch the ears of these people. And Lord, people would be challenged. People would be edified. People would grow. And Lord, if somebody doesn't know you this morning, they would come to know you as their personal Savior this morning. And devil, you are defeated by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. You have no power and no authority in this place or over the minds of any people here. And we tell you that and take authority over you now in Jesus' name. And everybody said, I want you to look at your hand. I thought my dad, Pastor Andrews, was going to get into my message. I say, hey, wait, 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 wait. Don't look at your hand too long. We don't ever talk. He doesn't know what I'm going to preach. But he began to look at the hand. And I want you to look at your hand again. And I know, I know you'd have to really, I got really good light here. Look at the top of your fingers. How many of you have ever cut yourself and realized how sensitive your hands are? Hey, Amen. I cut myself earlier this week and, and then was doing some work. And, and my friend David over here was doing some lifting and tore a lot, about half the skin off his hand. And it hurts. A lot of nerve endings in this thing. But where your fingers end, there's something that we all know and understand called a fingerprint. I want to talk to you this morning about God's fingerprint. Okay? God's fingerprint. And, and, and what an amazing thing today that this fell on a day where we, where we dedicated a baby. Who has just recently, not too long, come out. We know that Pastor Dylan and Ashley just had their baby uh, Tuesday, I believe it was, or Wednesday, one of those two days. And, and, and we have several in here who are pregnant, and, and, and all of us at one time were a baby. Amen. How many of uh, you know babies cry because they're like, man, I don't want to come into this world. I want to I go back in. Amen. It's like I like it in there. It was comfortable. How many sometimes wish you could just go back and start over again? Amen. Maybe, maybe do things different this time. But as you look at your fingerprint, listen, there is, this is one thing. If, if I had to choose, there's so many I could choose from. If there's one thing I had to choose to say in my heart, mind, and spirit that there's a God, it's my fingerprint. It's my fingerprint. Think about this, guys. You have a, there are over now over 7 billion people on this earth. Do you realize that's a number we can't even really, we understand the name. We can't really count that high. That's a high number. 7 billion is a lot. We got, you know, 150,000 people in Denton. We have 7 
around 7 million in the Metroplex, DFW. That's a lot of people, 7 billion, and you've got a fingerprint this morning. How can you even question this morning that there's a God? That you have a fingerprint that no one else on this planet has. Can somebody please help me out here? Nobody else in this whole world has the same fingerprint as you. And, 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 I want, and I want to tell you some things this morning, give you some scriptures to get you to understand that, that God's creation and everything we look at, see, this is what the world tries to do. The world tries to focus on the negative. The world tries to focus on the bad. The world tries to focus on the evil. And guess what? They're being influenced by the ultimate evil, which is Satan himself, and he wants the world to focus on evil. He wants the, fo- the world to focus on the bad things that happen. And guess what we can do when we look at the bad things that happen? We can miss the goodness of God. I want you to know this morning that God loves you. I don't care what somebody else tells you. I don't care what your own family member tells you. I don't care what the news tells you. I want you to stop listening to the people around you and start listening to the God who loves you this morning and who created you and who put you in your mother's womb for a purpose and start listening to what the God of this universe says about you. Too many people are walking around today, oh, so-and-so thinks this of me, and so-and-so said that about me, and mom and dad said this, and my school said that, and my friend said this. Why don't you stop listening to all that and start listening to the word of God, the one who, who created you with no motives other than to love him back, to love him back. The fingerprint. I'm gonna I'm gonna get into some things here in a second, but I want as I think about the fingerprint, listen to what Jesus said in Luke 12, 7. He said, The very hairs on your head are numbered. That means he knows exactly how many you have. And every one of us have a different amount. And some of us are easier to count than others. You didn't meet me in my vanilla ice days. I used to have a lot of hair, and I used to put it way up. But I don't have it anymore, so I'm a little easier now. Some of us in here don't have any. But he still knows how many hairs on our head. You know what that means to me this morning? It means he's a personal God. He's a personal God. Sometimes we think of God as this just, even if we believe, this just humongous humongous thing way out there, way, way, way far away that so far we can't reach him, but yet he says, I know how many hairs on your head. I know exactly what you're going through. I know exactly what you're thinking. I know exactly what you did yesterday. I know exactly what you're going to do tomorrow. I know what you're going to do next week. Not by him controlling us to do that, but because he's God. And that same God who built this universe knows me loves me, has a plan for me, has a purpose for me, wants good for me. And, and we as human beings, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but all across this place, we all have things we look up to. Some of you in here love music. Some of you in here love sports. Some of you in here love movies. Some of you in here love books. Whatever it is, whatever hobby you have, whatever you admire and look up to, you would love, whether you admit it or not, there's people you'd love to meet. Whether it's an actor, a singer, an athlete, all these different things. There's people you'd like to meet because you admire them. But we forget that the God of this universe wants to know us. Who cares about everybody else when I can know the God of this universe? Amen. The creator of the world. I can know him. How many know if our lives would be a lot better if we start spending a little more time getting to know the creator instead of the people that he created? If we start listening a little bit more to the word of God instead of even the good words of people that God put in their spirits. His word is written this morning. His word has a plan for us. It has a purpose for us. We've got to listen. The fingerprints in a baby, 
Right now we have some ladies in our church that are pregnant. We might have some that are on their way to being pregnant. We don't know. There's some that have just been born. But did you know that at six months, at six months in the womb, not out, the fingerprints of a baby are totally formed? At six months. Lacking three months to stay in the womb, to be born, the fingerprint is already fully formed of that baby. Can you imagine that that baby is going to come into a world of 7 billion people and the fingerprint that God has placed in that baby is different than any other baby and any other person. There's a, there's a lady probably somewhere in this world that's 100 years old. There's a man in here that's 100 years old. They've lived 100 years, and that fingerprint that's 100 years old of that 7 billionth person in this world does not have the same fingerprint as that baby that's in Sessie's stomach right now. Come on, guys. God's fingerprint. Romans 1.20 says this. And I want, you, I want you to go there. I haven't told you to go anywhere. I want you to see this verse. There, there is so much truth and power in Romans chapter 1, verse 20. I want you to go there. Give me an amen when you get there. I have a few more verses I want you to see, but I want you to read this. Romans chapter 1, verse 20. God's fingerprint. I am God's fingerprint. I'm not an accident. I'm not a mistake. You know, that's what's crazy. Is it, some of you in here might think, man, I, I, you might have had your parents told you a mistake. I've heard people say that's a sad thing for parents to say, but I've heard it. I, I know people who said my parents said I was a mistake. Well, you might be a mistake from your parents, but you're not a mistake to God. And the proof of that is your fingerprint. Romans 1.20. You there? For since the creation of the world... God's, watch this, invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, being understood from what has been made so that men are without excuse. Would you listen carefully to me this morning? If, there, if you're here of the, of the understanding or the belief that I, and of course that's, that's, that's ending right now anyways because you're listening to this message, but people have never heard the gospel. People have never heard about God. People this, they've never heard that. They've never heard, you know, how are they going to be accountable to God? The Bible tells me right here in Romans 1.20 that by creation alone, men and women are without excuse that there is no God. How can you look at your hand and stare at your fingerprint and realize that there's no God? How can you look at a sunset and think there's no God? How can you look out at the clouds forming in the air? How can you look at a hurricane? How can you look at a river? How can you look at an ocean? How can you look at flowers and plants and nature and say there's no God? God says you're a fool if you say that. Because I have shown you my attributes in creation. And I'm going to show you that in a second. I'm going to begin to, to speed up a little bit because if I don't, I'm not going to get to where I want to go to. This is like a three-hour message. I'm going to put it in 30 minutes. Cool? All right. Genesis 1.1 said, we know this in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In Job, the chapter, chapter 12, verse 7, God says to Job, ask the animals and they will teach you. Or the birds of the air and they will tell you. Now, that's not some crazy thing where I hear animals speaking to me. Send no Dr. Doolittle thing. This means that you look at animals and you look at the birds of the air and you look at creation. And the, the, when you wake up in the morning and you hear the chirping of the birds outside, God is speaking to you. I'm the creator. I feed those birds. Amen. There's no, there's no fast food for the birds to go to, but they eat every day. Amen. God takes care of the birds of the air. Psalms 19.1 says this, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim, Pastor Andrews, the work of his hands. The work of his hands. The Bible says, does God have hands? Yeah, he says we're made in his image. We're made in his image. The work of his hands. The Bible wouldn't say he had hands if he don't have hands. 
Now watch, I want to give you a few things. Some of you might have heard this message, but I know many have not. And, and, and maybe sometime, some of you thought about this. Maybe some of you haven't. I'm going to give you a quick example in food, how you can see the fingerprint of God in food. Most of you will know this. It's pretty common that a carrot is something that's good for your what? Did you know a sliced carrot looks like an eye? If I'd have had time this morning, I could have brought these things up here, had a table, you know, had y'all look at it, but you can do it later in your own time. We just chop them carrots up and eat them. Next time you grab a carrot, cut it in half, and look inside of it, it looks like an eyeball. And it don't just look like an eyeball, it looks like an eyeball. Amen. Like really looks like an eyeball. And carrots are good for your blood flow, and they're enhancing to your eyes. Now watch this. How many, how many have ever eaten tomatoes? Okay, some of you like them, some of you don't. That's fine, amen? They're still good for you. Tomatoes have four chambers in them. Next time you cut a tomato open, as you see that thing cut open, it has four chambers, just like the heart. And is red, just like the heart. And it's made with lysopene, which strengthens the heart. Is anybody seeing where I'm going? Even in the food we eat, God has created a fingerprint. Grapes. They hang in a cluster, and have you ever noticed a cluster of grapes also look like a heart? They're great for blood cells and a vitalizer for the heart and blood. The walnut looks like a little brain, has a left and right hemisphere, just like a brain, and helps develop more than three dozen neuron transmitters for brain function. Isn't that amazing? God's fingerprint. Kidney beans. Why do we call them kidney beans? Because they look like a kidney. And they're good for kidneys. Right? See, a lot of times we just go through life, we're just so busy, we don't stop and think, whoa, time out. How, how many have ever, have you ever been eating something and, and had that thought? This kind of looks like something, right? Hmm. We need to give it more thought. Because you know what it does? It builds our faith to say, man, this, we must be intelligent design." That's what those scientists were saying. See, the world will say that we just came from something. Do you realize how ludicrous that is anyways? Because everything has to have a beginning. Well, God doesn't. Well, God's God. But every, even, if the, even if it was a boom, it had to come from something. But it's not just a blow up or explosion. And here we are thousands of years later still uh, procreating life through the, the miracle of, of babies. And, 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 and we have, I want to know why we haven't gone back to monkeys. We came from them. Why haven't we gone back to them? Some, you say some, of them, some people act like monkeys. Amen. But there's a reason because we're intelligent design. And on that note, let me throw something out to you. Did you know that monkeys, unlike us, yes, they do have fingerprints, but theirs are all the same. They don't have unique fingerprints like, like human beings do. So you begin to think about these things, and, and why am I doing this? Because I want you to know this morning, not only does God exist, but I want you to know how, intent, how much he made you intelligent design. Intelligent design. You are, so if there's a design, there has to be a what? A designer. If there's a painting, there has to be a painter. There has to be a creator if there's a creation. Celery and rhubarb. Now, I, I, I'm going to challenge you to remember some of these things. Go back next time you buy some of them. And listen, some of, it, some of us need to buy more of everything I'm talking about. Some of you are like, what's that? What's a tomato? What's a grape? I'm buying Doritos. Amen? What's a, what, what's a walnut? I eat peanuts. Peanut butter, does that count? How many are following me? 
We need to, there's a reason why God made these things, and some of them you don't like, but you can find something you like. Celery, see, I'm not, Paul Platt loves rhubarb, right? Rhubarb pie, boom. He loves it, some people don't. Everything, I, everything you say, some people love it, some they don't. But you know what? They're still good for you. It's like when we talk about the Bible. You, you got you to gotta read the Bible not like trail mix. You, you can't, my, I, have, I brought some trail mix back from Colorado, and I really liked it, and I just grabbed the whole handful and put it in because I know it's good for me. If, I, if something's good for me, I'm eating it. I drink that nasty apple cider vinegar every single morning, make faces. I'm glad I'm all by myself. Nobody's around, but I chug it down and get it in. If it's good for me, I'm going to eat it. So I, well, I grabbed that, that uh, all-natural trail mix and eat it, and I gave it to my wife. I was like, man, taste how good this is, baby. And she starts, uh-uh. That's my show mix. Don't be picking out what you want. But that's how we do with the Bible sometimes, right? We stick our hand in. Oh, let me read that. That sounds good. Oh, let me read that. That tastes good. But oh, I don't want to taste that. No, that don't taste. I'm not going to let me stay away from that. You can't look at the Bible like trail mix. You can't look at God like that. You got to take the whole counsel of God, and God will do something in your life. So celery and rhubarb look like bones. They actually look like bones. And if you don't have enough calcium in your diet, your body will pull from your bones. But these foods actually replenish the skeleton. They actually replenish the structure. Replenish, sorry. Avocados. How many like some guacamole? Something's wrong with you if you don't like guacamole. It is an acquired taste, though. I didn't like it the first time I ate it. Here's what avocados do. They target and function the health of the female cervix. One avocado a week balances hormones, sheds weight, especially from pregnancy ladies. It, and listen to this. It takes the same amount of time to grow as a baby. Nine months. Figs. I'm going to pass that one by. Never mind. Y'all you, you can go figure out what figs are later. It's not church stuff. Sweet potatoes. Some people, oh, yeah, sweet potato pie. It's better with all that, without all the sugar, right? Sweet potato also looks like the pancreas and actually balances the glycemic in- index of diabetes. Green olives are the exact shape of a woman's ovary and actually assist in the help of the ovary. I'm going to pass that one by, too. Some of these are not for church. Amen. I'm not even going to say what fruit it is. <laughs> Last one, onion and garlic. Inside of an onion looks like the body's cells inside, and the purpose of an onion and garlic is to clear waste from the body. Did you, most, some of you know this. You stick an onion. Don't ever put an onion in the refrigerator without a bag because it sucks all the bad stuff of the... If you had a bad onion, it's because you left it in the fridge, cut open. Sucks all the impurities, all the bad things in that fridge into that onion. Now I want you to go with me to Psalms 139 as I begin to close. How many are at least amused? All right. God's fingerprint. I I love this stuff because I already believe in him, but I love this because I can see the attributes of God in the things I eat, in the things I look at. And, and, and he actually, had, had, you know, when we eat healthy like that, why do you think people live so much longer back in the day? They didn't have all the processed stuff we deal with today. If you go to certain countries, you don't eat all that processed stuff, and you're more healthy. And, and of course, you know, we, that, that's a whole other subject, but we, we've gotten away from the thing. God gave us things to keep us healthy. And, and now we think about it, a tomato chamber, the heart, all these, fruit, you know, celery like the bones, carrot like the eye. If we eat those things, they naturally do things for our body. But let's look at Psalms 139. Many of you know, if you know me, know this is one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. And the reason that I love this so much is because I love to understand and know that God personally loves me. I'm glad that he's got the whole world in his hands. I'm glad that God so loved the world that he gave his only son. I'm glad for those things, but I really love to know that God loves me personally. Personally. 
Does anybody else appreciate that? That God doesn't just love us generally. He doesn't, he doesn't love us just to, you know, kind of sort. He loves us totally personally. And he, he proved it in his word. He proved it in his creation by giving me my own fingerprint that nobody else has. I am unique. And God loves my fingerprint more than you love my fingerprint. Right? Notice I didn't say more than he loves your fingerprint. He loves my fingerprint individually and uniquely. And he loves your fingerprint individually and uniquely. And it's almost like you can see God just writing on your fingers. He's an artist. Writing on your fingers. Now watch what Psalm 139 says. You there? Give me, give me an amen when you get to 13. 13. If you don't have a Bible, look on with somebody because this will, this will change your life. You there? David says in Psalms, prophetically, you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Do you realize that God took time to make you? We're not just a an accident. We're not just a, a, a thing that happens. We're something he took time on. Watch this. Marvelous are your works, verse 14, and that my soul knows very well, verse 15, my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Look at this. You saw, sorry, your eyes saw my substance before, sorry, being yet unformed. God knew you and me before we were something. Before. We, and just to throw this in, just in case anybody doesn't know, this is why we as believers of the Bible are totally 170,000% against abortion. Totally. Because it's a baby at, at conception. Can I get a better amen on that? I don't, can somebody in here give me a better amen on that? Don't be politically correct. Abortion is not of God. It, it's a baby when it's conceived. And it says, you, your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they're all written, the days fashioned for me when as yet there were none of them. God began to plan my life before I even was a sparkle in my daddy's eyes. You are a, a unique individual this morning, and God has had a plan for you from the day you were conceived and even before. And that's why we have to understand that this physical body that we're in is just a shell. It's just a shell. This is not who I am. This is not who you are. This physical body is not me. Your physical body is not you. We are, this morning, a soul, a spirit. That's what matters. Physical body had no form. You were somebody before your body had form, and you're going to be somebody after your body's dead. We will live forever. We will get glorified bodies. But we are unique, and we are God's design. And you, he loves you personally this morning. I want to close with uh, uh, another thing that I found several years ago that was really, really interesting. And I'm going to make this real simple. Please just give me five more minutes. Today we have something we did not have 100 years ago called technology. How many realize that? As much as we look back, we have doctors here, nurses here, studied people, engineers. We have smart people in here. As much as we knew 500 years ago, 300 years ago, 100 years ago, it cannot even compare to what we know today because of technology. And one of the things that shows us powerfully in the Bible that, that there's coming a time in the future where we would have all these things revealed is Daniel said in 12.4, in the, in the later days of life, Knowledge will increase. It's increased to an amazing amount today. We can't even fathom it. And we see this in technology. And so in science, what's happening is 
Scientists don't like to admit this, but the more they study science, the more they have to admit that God's real. They don't like that. And so what they'll do is they'll put a different name on it. Instead of saying it's God's creation, instead of saying the word we believe from the Bible, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, they don't want to give God credit, but they say it's intelligent design. And I'll take that from the scientists. They don't have to say it. They don't want to say it. But it's, cre- it's intelligent design. And so they came up with this thing as they began to study more and more the body and in nature and things. They came up with what's called the Fibonacci code. How many remember me talking about that before? Does anybody remember that? I might, maybe no one was here that day. So it's good I'm preaching it again. Fibonacci is something that maybe if you were in school you heard. It's simply a numbers theory. And if you don't think numbers are important, then let's take the book of numbers out of the Bible. God thinks numbers are so important that he made a whole book called Numbers. Okay? He's the God of numbers. He, he, and there's numbers all throughout the Bible that are significant. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and he did it for just a, just a series of days. Is that right? How many days? Rested on the seventh, right? So he's a God of numbers. And so this Fibonacci thing, they began to study and came up with a conclusion of the Fibonacci theory. And it's basically this. How they got the numbers was, they would, and this is easy for me. I thank God for easy math. Somebody shout out what zero plus one is. It's not a trick question. All right. How many could do that math right there? How many feel good? Amen. Zero plus one is one. One plus two is three. Two plus three? Three plus five? What I'm doing is I'm taking the number four and the number we're getting. Five plus eight? Five plus eight? I got you on that one? Some of you are like, wait a minute. Thirteen. Thirteen plus eight? Man, it took you a while. You just graduated, right? Got another got a degree. Good job, Tony. 13 plus 8, 21. 13 plus 21. This will be the last one. I won't make you go any further than that, okay? 13 plus 21, 34. One more. 34 plus 21, 55. Okay? What happens is we realize how much we need calculators nowadays. So if you follow that, that's the Fibonacci code. And it goes in these series of numbers. And what, what they, why that sounds so weird is what they found was, as they began to look at nature and intelligent design, they found these numbers reoccurring over and over and over and over in everything. In everything. And so we can see that there is, an, I, it's okay to call it, we call it creation, but I actually think that, I actually think what they said is even more glory to God. Intelligent design. Intelligent design. And so they, they do this, and so let me give you an example. I'm closing. For example, the sunflower has three layers of petals. So that's one of those numbers. And as they began to study, they saw that the continuity of numbers was the same in pine cones, pineapple, buds on trees, sand dollars, starfish, petals on flowers, even the waves of the ocean. They did this so much and so frequently that they finally came up with an understanding that all of this together is, is showing an intelligent design of continuity in everything that exists. What, is God, what did God say in one of the first verses I read? He said, the birds of the air will speak to you. The animals will speak to you. He's not saying they're gonna, you're going to hear Dr. Doolittle's voice. He's saying that in, as you look at creation, God is shouting out, I am a creator, amen? You are not an accident. Everything that I have done has been done by intelligent design. And then what they finally came up with was they began to use these numbers, and they even saw it in the galaxies. In the spirals in the galaxies, they saw these numbers over and over again. And then they came up with something along with that, which was called the golden ratio. Someone new in school, praise God. Amen. That's good. 
We only need somebody recent because it's been a long time for some of us. Some of us can't do 13 plus 21. Amen. So that sounds familiar, right? The golden ratio. And basically it's two lines. And the best way to understand it is from my feet to my navel is a number. And from my navel to my head is another number. And the number right here is 1.618. Okay? So it's not exactly the same. It's not 1.5. It's not half. And in that same number, the golden code, they began to see that, again, reoccurring together with the numbers of Fibonacci, and they called it the golden ratio, and they saw it in DNA. Even in our own DNA, they saw these numbers. And then, here's the really cool thing. That's not even the best part. So here's an example. There was 34 angstroms long, 21 angstroms wide, and a single strand of DNA. See, you see the 34 and the 21? Remember those numbers? And the Fibonacci and golden ratio says that that number is consistent, listen, in our heart muscles. That number is consistent in the bronchial tube branches of our body. That number is consistent in the electrical neurons of our brain. That number is consistent in the microtubules of our brain. And on average, in the average person, even the front tooth is 1.618 bigger than the next tooth over. Um, over and over they see it in science. Over and over they see it in creation. And then they said in 2010, this was just seven years ago, two of the world's most prestigious science magazines, Nature and Science, you've probably heard of those, stated irrevo- irrevocable proof of intelligent design or what we call creation. Even the science magazines had to come out and say, there's, there's, there's no way we can deny this anymore. There's a, there's a creator. There's, a, there's an intelligent design. So I want you to understand this morning that when you think about your fingerprint and you think about the, the, the structure of your body and you think about these things, next time you get down and get depressed or think that you're not important or think that God's not around, just take your finger and stare at it and remind yourself how important you are, how unique you are, and how special you are to God. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. Lord, we thank you for the truth that continually is confirmed through your word. Lord, scientists are not able, scientists are not able, Lord, to disprove your word because your word is from you. It's a direct line. It is creation. As your heads are bowed this morning and eyes are closed, I want you to think about the fact that if you, if you can't deny that your fingerprint is real, you can't deny that God's word is. It's God's word that says the physical attributes of creation, the power, eternal power, and divine nature have been clearly seen and understood in creation alone. Talk about a great witnessing tool. You don't believe in God? Look at your fingerprint. How can you say there's no God if 7 billion people have a different fingerprint? It'd be amazing if if just a few of us had a different one, but everyone's got a different one. So what that means is that you and I are intelligent design. So if I believe that God created me, I also need to believe he has a plan for me. And if I believe he has a plan for me, I've got to believe everything he says about me. And he says in the same book that he left for us as a manual, he said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one goes to heaven to the Father except through Jesus. So it's not about my personal beliefs. Well, this is what I think. No, let's let's see what God's word says. He says, I've created the earth, the heavens. I've given you life. And, And we were wonderfully and fearfully made. And the reason we were made simply is to worship God. That's why he made us, to give him glory, to give him the glory and honor he deserves. And as we go through this life, he says, I've got a purpose for you. And and he says, 
when your life is over, because the Bible says that it's appointed unto man once to die and then comes judgment, so we'll all, all die one day. We'll all pass away from this life into eternity. And the Bible says when that happens, I need to think about where I'll spend eternity. I need to think about that. Because if I believe all the rest of this is true, I need to believe what he says about the afterlife. I need to believe what he says about eternity. I need to believe that he says in his word that me and you are sinners. All of us. That same intelligent designer said, we're born into sin. Because of Adam and Eve's disobedience. And because of his disobedience, we're all born into sin. But Jesus said, God said Jesus came to be the the sacrifice to take the place of the disobedience of Adam so all could be saved. See, this isn't about a, a name of a church, a religion, a doctrine, or denomination. This is about a creation and a creator. Do you know him this morning? Do you know the creator? And notice I didn't ask, do you know of him? Do you know him? God says, the way you know me is through my son. The Bible says that God came down from heaven to this earth, born of a virgin, placed there by God through the Holy Spirit, and he gave a sacrificial death on on the cross for our salvation. He gave of himself. He came down and said, humans aren't doing this right. They're trying to be good enough. They're trying to be holy enough. They're never going to be good enough in my sight. I need to go down and make a sacrifice. I'm going to go down and show them love once and for all. I'm going to live on this earth. I'm going to feel the pain they feel. I'm going to go through what they go through. Some of you in here this morning might be saying, you don't know what I've been through. Jesus does because he took it on the cross. You don't know my past. Jesus does. He died for it so that you could be free. Right now as we close, there's a moment of decision that needs to be made. It's a real one. I can't say I believe some of these things and not believe it all. The Bible says it's appointed unto man one side, then comes judgment. When you stand before God, what will you say? What can you say for your life to a God who created the universe? Well, the good news is that the Bible says you can say the name of Jesus because he's a redeemer this morning. And you can say, I put my faith in Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross. Listen, lots of people have invented religions over the last thousands of years, and all those G-O-Ds with small G's are dead. They've never found Jesus' body because he's risen. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he were dead, he shall live. Those are awesome words this morning. And you might say, yeah, but I've, 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 I do believe that, Pastor, but I sure have made a lot of mistakes. Well, that thief on the cross had made more mistakes than you. He was going to die right next to him. And he looked over at Jesus and he said, Jesus, would you remember me today? And Jesus looked right back at him and he didn't say, yeah, but you got to get baptized first. Yeah, but you need to do, uh, you got to fix some things in your life. You need to go take a shower first. You need to go clean some things up. He said, today you will be with me in paradise. By what? By looking on Jesus as the Savior. How many in this place Jesus is knocking on your heart this time. The right revelation says he's knocking on your heart saying let me in. You can't come to him unless he knocks unless you open the door. I did it 25 years ago. He changed my life. And I'm not the same person today. I'm a new creation. Saved by his grace. I don't deserve it. You don't deserve it. We don't deserve it but he's a merciful God. How many could say, Pastor, would you pray for me this morning? I don't know if I died right now where I'd spend eternity. How many would be honest, not with me, but with God, and say, that's me. Just put your hand up. 
and put it right back down all over this place. I don't know. I don't know. This isn't about the person on your left or your right. This isn't about the person in front of you, behind you. This is about you. Because you cannot blend into the crowd any more than you can have the same fingerprint in them. You're individual. You're going to stand before God by yourself. You, 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 I love my wife. I love my daughters. But they will not be with me on the day of judgment. I'll be by myself. You can have a great marriage. You can have great friends. You can love that person next to you. But you will not have them holding your hand when you stand before God. It's individual. We all have to stand before God. I'm going to wait just a few more seconds because I don't want anybody to stand before God unsaved. The Bible says in, in Thessalonians, in 2 Corinthians, he says, He made him who knew no sin to become sin for us so that we could be the righteousness of God. Pastor, will you pray with me this morning? I don't want to leave here unsaved. I'm going to give just a few more seconds. That's me. Pray for me. Five, four, three, two, one. Let's stand to our feet this morning. He can change your life, church. He can, he can give you a hope this morning. He give you, the Bible says, Jeremiah 29, 11, He'll give you a future and a hope and an expected end. His plans are good. You see this bad stuff happening in the world? That's not God's plan. God gets all the blame, but never gets credit for the good things. Why? Because there's an accuser. There's an enemy who accuses, tries to, to blame things on God. God is a good God. He's a God of love. He's a God of mercy. He has a plan for your life this morning. And I challenge all of you this morning to, to, to be real with God and say, Lord, I need you. Because the Bible says we are saved by faith and faith alone. You must put your faith in what the Bible says. I, I'm not making these things up. These verses I read come from the same Bible that says there's, that he made everything. This is his manual. If we don't follow the manual, we're going to mess it up. So we're going to take a few minutes this morning and just open up the altar and just take a few minutes to pray. Maybe you're here this morning and, and the devil's been lying to you and telling you that you aren't worthy, that you're not good, that you're bad, that you're a mess, that, that you can't do things right, whatever. I want you to come find a place and I want you to talk to God as they sing this song. Maybe you're, you're listening to the lies of the devil that say, you're a mistake. You're a mistake. That's a lie from the devil. Maybe you're listening to the devil say, you know, you've done too much wrong to be forgiven. That's a lie of the devil. Whatever it is that you're facing this morning, there's something powerful about coming before God and saying, God, I need help. As we sing this this morning, I want you just to seek his face and take time to pray. Maybe you need salvation. Call out to his name this morning.